Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Welcome, 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 welcome back to an all-new episode of Geeks Against the Grain. Today we will be talking best DC movies, excluding... Watchmen and Joker, mainly because those movies were meant to be one-offs. So it's kind of hard to really, you know, I mean, it's easy to put those in the best because those are legit DC's two best. So let's make it a little harder. Let's take those two easy (laughs) ones out. But before we get into it, let me introduce the panel for tonight, starting with Tia. What's going on, Tia? Hey, Juwan. It has been a while since we've done Geeks Against the Grain, and I'm really excited to be here with the two of you guys. No, I'm extremely excited to do this too. I really was was wanting to go to sleep tonight, but I'm like, if I don't do it tonight, I know I won't want to do it tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm like, we got to get an episode in. We've been wanting to do one for a while, so I'm glad we, uh, the three of us, got together. But um, definitely a welcome back for Geeks Against the Grain. But also, we got Dom. What's going on, Dom? Hey, hey, glad to be here. And this is a very interesting um, topic for me because I'm one of the, um, I'm not going to say I was one of those, one of those Marvel fans, but I definitely was at the beginning more like, I'm not watching DC films because I like Marvel better. But as I've gotten older, uh, I've definitely started to uh, dabble more in the DC films. Yeah, I, I would say it, it's funny because, you know, obviously we see a lot of that on the internet. But what's funny is everyone who's like, I'm a DC buff, I've never watched Marvel movies. I always want to say to them, like, are you going to sit here and tell me you didn't watch Spider-Man the Animated Series? Because you'd be lying. <laughs> you'd be lying. That's Marvel. That's Marvel. Just like if you're a Marvel head. And you're like, I'm not watching DC movies. You know you watch Batman the Animated Series. At least. Right. At least. So I'm like, your hate for the other isn't that strong. Um, you were you grew up on one or the other, uh, you know, no doubt. But um no, I mean I I I, I was obviously raised you guys know this. I was obviously raised a Batman fan, purely Batman. Like my my stepdad didn't even teach me like any other heroes. It wasn't until later I was like, Oh, Who's, who's that guy? He was like, oh, Superman. I never told you about him? No, I only ever thought Batman existed. Like, that's, You never told me anyone else. 
Um, so that's funny. why I want... Go ahead. I'm sorry, Tia. No, I was just going to say it's funny. Like, for me, I wasn't a comic book person growing up, but I loved cartoons. And I grew up on Batman the Animated Series, and on top of that, uh, on top of Justice League and all of that, but then also X-Men, X-Men Evolution. And, you know, I'm sure saying this probably would have people going, what? But, you know, as a kid, again, not reading comics is not like you had the Internet readily available. Who was I to know that those were even two different worlds? So it's weird to see people, like, duking it out over the two when it's like, you know, growing up, you probably watched all of these different cartoons. And if you were not a comic book reader and you didn't know, you just casually thought that they were all just awesome freaking cartoons. And the hatred of needing to pick a side is a little ridiculous. But I do agree with Tom. Like, even though I grew up on, like, a lot of the DC cartoons, certainly in the beginning of the MCU and seeing the direction that they were going with the DCEU, I, I was a little bit of a Marvel snob. I just, I, I always, my mindset's always whenever someone says that um, that they don't watch one for the other, I always just say, like, it, it doesn't it doesn't affect anything. Like, if you're a DC fan and you go watch Iron Man, like, that doesn't take anything away from the Dark Knight. Like, it's, you just saw two different movies. Like, it, it it legit does not cause any drama between the two. Um, so like I've I've never understood that. <laughs> like I just I I never will. I never have. Um, I'm like if you know you're a DC fan and you stumble across Thor Ragnarok, guess what? It's not gonna affect DC at all. Like at all. No one no one would be upset with you. Um, but then things that don't help is when Ezra was doing I think press tour for one of the Fantastic Beasts, and someone came up to him with, like, a Marvel comic, and he's like, well, you know I can't sign that, right? Like, anything else, and I'll sign it for you, but I clearly can't sign it. I'm like, no, Ezra, we're trying to bridge the gap, you know? Like, just <laughs> sign it. Just sign it. Like, what, what's the big deal? But obviously, he wasn't doing it to be malicious. It was more joyful, but he really didn't sign it, so... <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, this community is supposed to be one of the more accepting, tolerable, um, and understanding fandoms, but it's become so toxic. Um, like, it's crazy. Like, I think we all remember when it wasn't cool to be fans of this stuff. And now it's so mainstream. It's like, well, you know. Before it was, we were going to pick on you because, like, we thought that world was stupid. But now that we all like it, let's do something else. Let's just bicker just because it's something to do. Like, I'm Marvel, you're DC. I'm like, it's ridiculous. But anyway, um, let's let's get right into it. I'm going to start off with you, Tia. What is one of your favorite DC movies you are throwing in the ring? Well, I have to start with obviously my favorite of the favorites of the favorites which I know Juwan you're going to have so many comments about but it isn't my favorite DC movie and it's going to be Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight um, I don't know if you want me to dive into why exactly I love this movie Juwan but I'll give a quick rundown um, I know that yeah, and actually, I only really know this from being friends with you. 
that it is not the most comic book accurate portrayal of Batman, but me growing up as someone who wasn't a comic book reader, I actually really enjoyed the realistic approach that Christopher Nolan took with his movie. I just, I just thought that was something interesting. And to me, I felt that it was needed because at the time we were dealing with a lot of really like campy versions of Batman and to see Batman in a more of a serious role. I, I, I loved it. I loved Christian Bale's portrayal. The suit was awesome. I thought you had such amazing actors in it. You had, you know, Morgan Freeman, um, Michael, uh, oh God, Michael Caine. Um, and then, of course, what always blew me away about The Dark Knight, not only the cinematography, how he chose to pick his scenes, which I heard this really, you know, cool thing observed how Batman Begins was mostly, say, quote-unquote, in the dark, whereas the Dark Knight was really shot, like, in daylight, especially that opening scene. I just loved it. Um, I was a huge fan of Heath Ledger's prior to the movie, but because my only movies that I had seen him in were things like 10 Things I Hate About You and The Night's Tale. When he was cast as the Joker originally, I was a skeptic. I thought to myself, no way he can pull this off. And it exceeded my expectations. I enjoyed even the political spectrum of The Dark Knight with Aaron Eckhart's uh, Harvey Dent Two-Face. And I just love the the certain moments in the movie, the heart-pounding moments where uh, the Joker is kicking off uh, one by one the you know people in power, the uh, tapes that he was making with the Batman um, you know imitators, the uh, the the situations that the Joker was constantly putting people in, such as meeting uh, you know Two Face and such to decide and the people on the boat to decide and all of that. And I can go on and on and on dissecting that movie and just what it was trying to touch upon as far as humanity and as far as uh, political issues and all of that. I just, I love the shots. I love the action. I love the tech. And I can't help it to this day, my favorite DC movie of all time. And I can't thank Christopher Nolan enough for putting something together like The Dark Knight. Okay, so my response to that is because I think my my take on that movie gets gets lost in the shuffle a lot. Um, Christopher Nolan has not made a bad movie. Um, well, the third one is very, very, very debatable, but his movies were good. <laughs> they were good movies. I my only argument ever is that they're not good Batman movies, um, and that's that's not a knock to Christopher Nolan because I can honestly tell you there's not many good Batman movies. Um, Eighty nine in in Returns might be the the closest to the most accurate we've ever gotten because obviously I can't count BVS because it's not a Batman movie as much as it is a Batman movie, but. Um, it, they're, they're not bad movies at all. I thought they were all great movies, but nothing about that Batman um, is anything uh, close to what Batman is in the comic. His fighting style isn't. 
um, you know, him being a, a, a mythical creature that people fear. It was nowhere near that. Joker wasn't even, like, honestly, I keep telling people all the time, if you read the comics, a character named Anarchy is what his Joker was more like than actual Joker. Um, so, I mean, there's just uh, Rachel Ghoul, uh, the League of Shadows. Like, I mean, uh, a lot of people say they didn't know much about the League of Shadows till, till that movie, and then it started to become like a, a mainstream thing. Um, but if you do read some of the old ones where Rachel Ghoul wasn't, that, that wasn't the League of, of, of Shadows, League of Assassins, whatever you want to call it. Um, it just wasn't like, to me, I tell you guys this all the time. Anytime a Batman movie comes out, there's two scales I grade it on. A good movie and proper, uh, you know, representation of Batman. And if it only hits one, I still give it an A. Like, they were all great movies. Um, but they just weren't great Batman movies. So that's my only knock. I, I'll, I'll never say that their movies are bad. Um, cause I'd be lying because I, I could watch it right now and enjoy it for, for a movie. Um, but the only thing Christopher Nolan ever got right in all of his trilogy for Batman is Scarecrow. Um, like that was the most accurate Which, character he got the entirety of that trilogy. But I'm sorry, go ahead, Tia. Which, um, I have, like, listen, this is how big of a fan I am of the trilogy. I have this like book that's, specifically goes through all three movies, costumes, background, information. Like, yeah, it's a lot. And when they were making Batman Begins, Christopher Nolan did want to use Jonathan Crane, but did not want to use the mask. And it was, um, oh, God, who's the other guy who was involved in it? Uh, He's in a lot. uh, Anyway, the other guy who was involved in the filmmaking process was Christopher Nolan, who is in fact a huge comic book nerd, was like, no, no, if you're going to bring Jonathan Crane in, the Scarecrow, the first time in a live-action capacity, you have to have the mask. And Christopher Nolan's like, well, I have to come up with a way for it to be practical that this guy would just wear a burlap sack on his head. And it's like, oh, okay, it blocks him from the toxin. So there was a good chance that that mask wasn't even going to get on screen. Yeah, but see that that's that's my issue. Like Christopher Nolan's movies, I think critically are like to critics, they view it as just perfect, right? Like just perfect directing, perfect storytelling. To true Batman fans, I won't even say comic fans. I'll just say true Batman fans. Um these movies could have been like we wouldn't have had to say, "Man, I can't wait to see what Matt Reeves does with his Batman." Because the Christopher Nolan actually, instead of feeding into this idea of making it realistic, um, fed more into being comically accurate, there would have been nothing else Matt Reeves could have done that would have been better. Uh, because those would have been complete movies. For example, his Bane, his Bane didn't have to be ridiculously big like in the comics, but what you could have done is, there's a venom that he injects himself with that obviously enhances his muscles. So, like, you see the muscles kind of protrude and, you know, seem larger than what they were. Um, I think if you do something like that, it's like, man, like, that that's finding a way to, to kind of compromise. But he just, he wouldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't on any of the characters. Batman never seemed scary. Um, you know, he wasn't that, you know, uh, mythical creature. Um, that a lot of people were, were just terrified of to where, you know, 
excuse me, at night you just see the white glowing eyes, the cape didn't come around. Like, there was just so much he could have done with his Batman and his villains to be more accurate that he just decided he didn't want to. Um, so that's, that's my only issue. But I will never lie to you, Tia, and say that they're not good movies. They're great movies. Um, they're just not great Batman movies. But, um, Dom, what, what are your thoughts on Tia's pick for The, the Dark Knight? Uh, I I think it's a good pick. Uh, it was it was it's definitely. I could, and I see I see what you're saying exactly what you're saying. I think what that movie did help though is that um, you know, for for those you know because you know movies they want the most eyes as possible, and so for those people who are not necessarily in the comic books, but at least they know Batman, um. I think that kind of gave people a taste of what they're missing out of, you know, comic book movies. Now, whether or not they know or think or, you know, that it's comic book accurate or not, you know, is is a different story. But I think it does kind of, you know, lead people to a place where they're like, hey, you know what? Maybe I will watch these movies. Maybe they're not, you know, uh, you know, not for – or maybe they're not just for people who are super fans of of these characters. Um, and I was a big fan of um, Ledger's the back and forth with uh, him and, and Batman because I I went to a one of the comic cons I went to they had a um, a little class panel whatever you want to call it and it was called the the psychology of Batman and it was talking about the uh, the back and forth between Joker and Batman, and maybe Batman's the insane one, and uh, and listening, going to that class, and then watching this movie, uh, it kind of uh, it put it in like a uh, tangible form to see like this whole back and forth between you know maybe this character Batman is you know more unhinged than we may think, or he has a the um, the opportunities to do it and this show, this Joker character can push him to that limit. Uh, I think, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a great movie, but like you said, you know, uh, I've been thinking about it since he has said it before. Yeah. It, it's probably not as comic book accurate as it could be. Uh, because when you think of like, like say the animated series and then, so if that was the only thing you knew about Batman was the animated series, and then you saw this movie, you'd be like, "This is two different people. I don't know who this Batman is." Uh, but I definitely did enjoy the movie, though. Yeah, I mean, and, and like I said, like for example, because I know people are gonna go, "Well, Juwan, if you didn't like the fact that that wasn't accurate, but you love Joker, the thing about Joker is it's it's a one-off." It's a, it, hopefully it stays a one-off. Um, it's a one-off. Um, I will never like a Joker that isn't dipped in acid. <laughs> I just won't. I won't. I don't like the idea of him putting on the makeup. Um, I like the the white pale face being something that's there from being dipped in the acid. Again, no one can be dipped in acid and just come out like pale. Uh, it just it, it doesn't happen, obviously. But the point is. These aren't stories based off of, you know, true events. They're superhero characters. I don't need you to make my superhero characters grounded. Uh, I, I just don't. 
Like, it, it's not an interest of mine. Uh, that's why I kind of felt like a lot of people didn't like Henry Cavill's Superman and Man of Steel um, is because I felt like Zach was trying to find a bridge of the two. He was trying to make him grounded, you know, uh, but also stick to the elements, you know, of Superman. And it's like, it's not a good blend. Like, everything about Superman is, is supposed to suspend belief. There's not supposed to be, like, you're not supposed to go, oh, man. Yeah, that's, that is what it'd be like if a guy just started flying around in his underwear. Like, no, n- none of that is supposed <laughs> to make you think that it's real. So it's like, go all out, you know, have him do, have him, you know, fly around the earth in, in reverse, like, have fun with it. Um, so to me, I just kind of wish people would more, more so stay true to the idea of it's a comic book character. Feed into that. I don't need to know what a real world would be like if a rich guy lost his parents and decided, you know what, this thing called life, I'll risk it every day. I don't really care. You know, I'll dress up as a bat. Like, no, I'm not interested in that. Um, So that's my only, that's my gripe. Great movies, not great Batman movies. Um, But great pick, Sia. Definitely great pick. I actually saw saw The Dark Knight again uh, the other day. The scene that always resonates to me the most is um, Alfred making the decision to burn the letter. Um, because at that point, he just feels as though there's nothing else. Um, you know, Bruce shouldn't have to go through anything else. And if he reads this note, it could spiral him into something I can't get back. Um, that just always resonates with me. Um, you know, Alfred just always looking to do what he thinks is best for Bruce, um, even if Bruce doesn't think so himself. But, um, yeah, that's yeah, a no. scene. Yeah, it it always speaks to me every time I see that scene. Um, but all right, Dom, you're you're up next, man. What mo- what movie are you throwing in the ring? So mine is not one that people would automatically um, think of when they think of uh, DC, because this one is a you know DC Vertigo uh, based off a DC Vertigo comic, and mine is a uh, V for Vendetta. Um, and not only is it my favorite DC movie, it's one of my favorite movies, period. Um, and I was very upset with myself on catching this movie late. Uh, you know, it came out in 2005. I believe I didn't see it till about 2009 or 10. And once I watched it, I watched it like three more times. <laughs> um, like right after, back to back to back to back. Um, not only did the character like speak to me because um, it was at a time, and I'm and I'm still this person. I've always been a very much, um, which is funny, but against the grain, and not just for the sake of going against the grain, but that I try my best to think about everything from all sides and make my own decision. And I feel like this movie kind of encompassed that to where. You know, you have a character in V who was not only wrong, but then he decides, like, hey, you know, I know we're all supposed to do this thing, these follow these rules, we're in this new, under this new regime, but if they're fucking wrong, they're wrong, and I'm going to let them know they're wrong, and I'm not going to stand for it, along with Evie believing the same thing and getting help from, you know, her, uh, the guy who worked on that, uh, the the anchor on a TV show. Um, and, yeah, like, you know, it kind of 
speaks to sometimes you, if you know, you know, right is right, wrong is wrong, and you really want to make a change, then you have to, you know, you have to do it. You mean you got to make some sacrifices if you really want that that negative uh, change, that negative thing to change. You're gonna have to to sacrifice and be not only being a wordsmith, which is what I love. Like I love characters who are able to um, who have great dialogue, great banter, and his, you know, with him being so well educated, especially that scene in the alley when he's talking, when he saves Evie from those um, the officers who are trying to attack her and he goes on his his introduction of this you know a whole soliloquy of v words and um that it hit that and then the action sequences were like especially for being 2005 were like top notch and the i mean yeah the movie is just great backstory is great the way that he became who he was and i mean i have a guy fox mask tattooed on my leg so it, it's it's definitely a, a real love of this character and you know not many not many characters are you know faces for uh you know fighting against um our government overlords as much as the guy fox mask is you know you see it when there's protests you see it as a representation for uh the anonymous hacktivist group um and yeah so this is one of those movies that for me, not only like change the way that, or change the way that I watch certain movies, but change like what I wanted to see out of certain types of characters. And then once I, because initially I didn't realize it was a DC film, but once I figured that out, I was like, oh well, shit, I didn't know they had characters that I liked this much. And that's kind of what started me to start looking for some of these DC movies because they. That, uh, they do try to um, be a little more modern as far as like without without seeming corny. Uh, I think that's that's one of the things like between DC and Marvel is Marvel takes a little more of a lighthearted stance on certain aspects, or they make it the the ambiance and aesthetic of it is like lighthearted, and DC takes the the darker, straightforward approach and. Uh, yeah, that's when Viva Vendetta stuck out to me, man. It's, it's definitely one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, that movie was beautiful. Natalie Portman was in that, right? I'm, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. She was in that. Yeah. Um, Natalie Portman, she is one of the more slept-on actresses. I think a lot of people's yeah. first time seeing Natalie Portman was Thor, and it's like, oof, you should probably watch good Natalie Portman. <laughs> um. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm completely with you. I'm glad you put that in here. That is an all-time classic. I should have remembered that and put that out also because that's one of those legendary movies um, like Watchmen and, and Joker. But um, yeah, it, it is slept on. It is forgotten about. Um, do think that's one of the, the movies that did deserve a sequel. That A movie like that isn't one you just go, I was, this was it. Like, maybe right. you should have followed it up. Um, but again, maybe it wouldn't have lived up to how great the first one was, but maybe just doing one wasn't my thing to do, but I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. That was a real, what was this saying again? It was like some, some month. Remember, remember the month of this. What, what was it? 
Oh, it's it's November, November, remember the yeah, because of November. I thought it was something like that. All right. Um, now, now I'm nervous about the fifth of November coming up this year. But um, Tia, what are your thoughts on uh, Dom throwing in V for Vendetta? First of all, I think that is a great pick, Dom. Uh, picking a DC movie, and when you think of like DC or Marvel movies, you think of obviously superheroes and tights and everything. And no, um, DC has come out with really great comics that are not superhero comics, but resonate so much. And I've learned that even from working with Geek Files Nation and being able to get previews on comics, how really what's cool with DC is that they're not afraid to speak politically. And I, li- I like that. I like political movies. I like political uh, TV shows and I personally don't think that V for Vendetta should have gotten a sequel because a movie like that is like a statement. Um, and it's a movie that anyone who is, say, anti-establishment looks at and really draws a lot of inspiration from. It was done beautifully. It was powerful. Uh, and you're right. We kind of forget that Natalie Portman is a good actress because we're maybe now used to seeing her in the Thor movies and maybe not everyone agrees with what she says, you know, outside of her movie career, but she is not a bad actress. She's been around for a really long time and she's done a lot of really bold uh, characters. And one of them is the one that she played in V for Vendetta. And the Guy Fawkes um, mask is very, very well known, very synonymous. I will let you know that we have one in our apartment right now. So uh, it is something that V for Vendetta is still known to this day, it's still celebrated to this day. Um, and yeah, you'll never, you never forget the remember, remember the 5th of November. It's just, it's one of those cult movies. I feel like that no matter how much time has gone by, you remember it because it was so much more than just actors and costumes and awesome sets and really good lines. It, I think, touched uh, someone inside whenever they watched it because you felt a lot that was resonated from uh, on screen when you watch V for Vendetta. So I love this song. This is really cool. You threw something out there that I don't think many people would think about when they're like, DC movies, but it is a DC movie. It was under uh, the emblem of Vertigo, which is really sad because I don't think Vertigo even exists anymore. Uh, I believe sometime last year they like pretty much demolished it, but yeah, I mean, Vertigo was awesome, and there's a lot of really great titles under it, so Dom, amazing choice. Yeah, no, for sure. I think we just lost Dom. Uh, he'll he'll call right back. But um, no, that was a great. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, he he heard your thanks to you and was like, all right, that's all I needed. I'm gone. That's um, all I needed for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Okay, so we have um, uh, the Dark Knight and we have V for Vendetta. Two very 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 good movies. Uh, welcome back, Dom. 
Yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> we were we were saying I was that complimenting uh, you. <laughs> yeah, we were saying that you you got Tia's high praise, and you were like, "All right, that's all I need. Good night." <laughs> all I heard was like, I heard like that was awesome, and my phone just hung up by itself. So I don't know what happened. <laughs> your phone was falling <laughs> like, like your phone. Your phone was like, "That's all we needed to hear." But um, all right, <laughs> right. so far we got uh, the Dark Knight and Brief of Vendetta, very, 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 very good movies. All right, next up, I am going with. Oof, this is tough. Oh man, uh, uh, I'm gonna have to go Aquaman. I'm gonna have to go Aquaman. That was DC's first visually stunning movie. Um, I don't care what anyone says. Amber Heard, Jason, um, wow, why did I just forget his, his name? Jason, J- yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, who else was I going to say? Oh, and Patrick uh, Wilson were freaking amazing. And let's not even get to how visually stunning they were. That scene of him coming out the waterfall in the comic accurate Aquaman costume, making it look cool. That was a beautiful shot. And Orm looked ripped out of the comic, uh, out of the comic pages. I, I get a lot of people's, you know, uh, you know, uh, not hate, but kind of dislike for Black Manta. I still feel as though Black Manta should not have been featured as heavily as he was. Should have just been more of someone that was learning under the wings of Orm. Um, and then, you know, you had an event to where what happened at the beginning of the movie happened towards the end of the movie to set up Black Manta being the villain for the sequel. Um, I just think it would have been smarter. I, I don't know why James Wan was kind of making it so convoluted. Um, but that movie was well-directed, well-written, excuse me, uh, very well-casted. And it hit all the comic accurate points that I wanted. I mean, he freaking flew in on a Kraken and then rode a seahorse. Like, I remember when I heard, when we heard about this movie either being made or some of the shots that James Wan was looking to do in this movie. I remember I was the first one that said, yo, if he rides a seahorse, I will never watch this movie. And because I'm like, it's Jason, like, Come on, you don't have Jason uh, riding a seahorse. You have him riding a shark or something. Um, so I think where I kind of met in the middle is seeing him ride a Kraken first. I was like, all right, all right. That was the cool point. And then like, you could ride his little sissy seahorse or whatever. Um, but I, I love that movie, uh, top, top to bottom. Before then, I think my favorite DCEU movie was uh, Man of Steel. Um Man of Steel or Wonder Woman? I don't know. I, f- I felt as though Man of Steel had a very weak first act, and Wonder Woman had a very bad third act. Um, Aquaman, I-, I felt as though it was just great. It was just really good. Um, so I'm throwing Aquaman in the ring. Tia, I know you are ready to shoot this down, so I'm going to go to you first. <laughs> well, I was going to say, let me start with the things that I don't like about uh, this movie. I thought and I because simply because I want to get them out of the way. I feel like I need to say them before I can actually compliment the movie. I thought that Black Manta's story arc to villain status was incredibly weak. It was like Martha level for me. 
of why he actually became Aquaman's villain. I was like, really? That was just like, they literally had his like dad on and like killed him. And he was like, Aquaman, no, you are the one who did this. And like, Aquaman was pretty much just standing there. Like, what? Okay. Anyway, um, I didn't like that. The CGI with the waving hair was questionable. Like, I love Dolph Lundgren. He just looks so odd with, like, red hair, like, clearly fake, just floating in the water. So that was, like, weird. And then you have that random, like, moment in the middle of, like, a battle where then Aquaman and um, Mera, like, have this almost Disney princess moment with each other. And I was like, is this necessary to have while you guys are, like, fleeing for your lives? So, yeah. All right. Now that I got that off my chest, I feel good about this. Let's go to the things that I liked about Aquaman. Freaking Jason Momoa. I think that's a fantastic casting. You know why? Because no one pretty much is cooler than Jason Momoa. And you know who was, like, a character that pretty much was the opposite of cool? Aquaman. Do you get Jason Momoa to make Aquaman cool? Yeah, that's amazing. The visual shot in a lot of the movie was fantastic. I remember being, say, blown away. And I'm probably not describing it right because I've only ever watched Aquaman once. So forgive me here. But when uh, Aquaman is diving really down below and you have all of those creatures just coming after him and it just like the way that was shot for you to really like grasp almost the horror, which you know is James Wan, so almost the horror of having being pretty much surrounded by all of these like horrific creatures in the deepest depths of the ocean was a fantastic shot. Uh, I like I did love uh, Aquaman's reveal for his, you know, comic accurate costume. That costume looks beautiful. Who would have ever known that that costume would look that good in real life? And it looked fantastic when he finally got his trident and finally took his rightful place. You know, like he's Aquaman. He had been fighting it for so long. And this is what it is. Um, I liked that. You know what I liked the most? But like, I don't know why I keep thinking about this. I like that they, this can sound weird, but I like that the characters were wet when they, like, left the ocean, because I'm like, yeah, that's realistic. Because for some reason, I feel like any other real, like, director, or if, like, they had gotten a hold of this movie, say, 10 years ago, they would have come out of the water and just, like, been dry completely. But the fact that, like, Mara's hair was mostly wet, like, 90% of the time, I thought was completely realistic. And that scene where she realized that there was water in wine and used it with her powers. That was awesome. I have, like, there, I like the movie. Like, I, I threw out what I didn't like about it, but overall, it was a really good movie. And to me, I thought that Jason Momoa's Aquaman was one of the more exciting things, say, about the Justice League. And when he got his own solo movie, it was nice and refreshing to see that there can be a future in DC after such a fuck up. 
such as Justice League. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to tear it down as much as you thought I was going to. I do have a few things wrong with it. You know, there were a few things story-wise that could have been stronger. But besides that, overall, I thought it was a very enjoyable movie. I'm going to say this to you before this show's over. We're going to have a Martha talk. Um, because I think the hate for that whole Martha uh, it's terrible. scenario is way over, um, you know, is overhated. Like, it makes sense. <laughs> like, it does. Was it executed properly? No. But does it make sense? A hundred percent it makes sense. Um, but w- we're definitely going to get into that because I know okay. when I put, I, I, know when I put BVS in, you're going to shred it just like I know if you put Suicide Squad in, you know I'm going <laughs> to um, So we're going we're gonna to have some fun with that. Um, but no, I I won't really argue the Black Manta point you made. Um, I, I somewhat agree. I just don't think he needed to be as valued in that first movie as he was. I don't know. Like, I legit think James Wan had no interest in a sequel. The way he did that movie, throwing in two of Aquaman's biggest villains in one movie, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you space it out? Why wouldn't you just have Black Manta as someone learning under the, the wings of Orm? And once Orm is defeated and captured, Black Manta seeks his revenge on Aquaman to free his master. Um, like, that just makes more sense, you know, instead of you going way left and having him fight two of his biggest villains in the same movie. Like, that just, that was a little weird. But um, I think Yaya did a great job for what he was, you know, given. Um, I don't think he was written the best for. Um, also, uh, you said the CGI for the hair. I really don't really have an argument against that necessarily. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely thought you'd have more than that. I, I was, I was preparing. I was running upstairs like Rocky, punching meat. Like I was getting extremely ready for this, this battle to you. Um, it turns out that battle was for BVS. So I'm ready for that one. I but that um, was <laughs> Dom, what are your thoughts on uh, me throwing Aquaman in the ring? Uh, so I ha- actually haven't seen Aquaman. However, uh, I do uh, wholeheartedly agree with T as far as like people thinking that <laughs> Aquaman was like uh, he's just a guy who talks to fish, and then you get like. You know, uh, man candy Momoa, and <laughs> yeah, he becomes like the cool guy all the girls want to see. And the guy's like, Well, shit, maybe Aquaman is worth, you know, uh, being a hero. Uh, I've always liked Amber Heard as an actress, so that, that was like, uh, I felt like that, and since I haven't seen it, I feel like it's a great casting, but you know, I haven't seen it, so I can't really speak to it. Um, I do remember seeing in the, uh, the trailer and some clips when he did have the the traditional Aquaman suit on. And I was like, oh, shit, he looks pretty damn cool. Maybe I need to have long flowing hair and stand in places where there's water in the background. I look cool, too. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, 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 I haven't heard too much uh, from people that I know that have seen it. I haven't heard uh, too much negative things about it. Uh, I do want to see it. 
I tried to look on Hulu the other day to watch it, and then it was like, oh, yeah, HBO add-on. I was like, oh, shit, I don't have HBO. So um, I'm going to find somewhere to watch it. Um, and, but, yeah, uh, it's a good pick. I'm going to say this. Um, I remember now we had this conversation, oh, God, I want to say maybe over a month ago. And I remember leaving that conversation going, Dom, you need to watch Aquaman. And then I remember you going, yeah, yeah no, I'm no, I'm going to get around to it. And now <laughs> later, you still have – we're going to change that, Dom. You got to see Aquaman. We got to make sure we – uh, I'm going to have to gonna... see – go ahead. He said he was going to get around to it, but that didn't mean when he was going to get around to it. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed next time we talked to Aquaman, he would have he would have seen it. But uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to work on that, Dom. Um, but yeah, no, I mean you guys make a great point. I mean Jason uh, Momoa. I don't know why I keep wanting to call him Jason Omar. That's how much I love Batman. Um, but Jason Momoa. Um, Omar. anyone who doesn't know Jason Omar, Jason Omar voices Batman for the new 52 animated movie. So that's Jason Omar. Um, who for some reason, sorry, I know I'm going off on a tangent, who for some reason, every time me and Joel go to these, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, premieres for these animated movies. Um, he never comes to the East Coast. He's become the Grant Gustin of animated movies. He never shows up on the East Coast. It is ridiculous at this point. Um, but all right, let's uh, let's move on. Tia, you're up again. What are you throwing in the in the ring? I feel like we might as well just rip the bandaid off, Joan, because it's that kind of night. It's east against the grain. This show is meant for us to debate each other. So get ready for it. I'm ready for the hate and all the people who dislike this movie. I'm gonna put on, I'm gonna put Suicide Squad down. And let me tell. Okay, let me acknowledge. Let me acknowledge. I too did not like the Enchantress uh, storyline. I will put that out there. That was unnecessary. We didn't need to go through that. Everyone's completely right. The Joker should have been the main villain. I am acknowledging that 100%. But I can't say that I didn't like this movie. I've watched it numerous times. It's not just me having seen it once in the theaters and blah, blah, blah. Like, I've watched it, and every time I've enjoyed myself, I love the soundtrack. I like the chaoticness of the way that it was filmed, of the way that it was presented. I like our little background story with all of the members of the Suicide Squad. I thought that they all had a fantastic chemistry with each other. Obviously, especially Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn and Will Smith's Deadshot. And it came, this movie came in a place where I didn't think that Will Smith was doing the best movies. And he ended up being one of my favorite characters in the su- in Suicide Squad. I can't call it The Suicide Squad because that's James Gunn's upcoming movie. But in 2016 Suicide Squad, I ended up really, really liking Will Smith's Deadshot. Um, I know, Joanne, that you have uh, a little bit of an issue with the fact that he wasn't wearing his mask too often, which is a shame because it did look pretty freaking cool and you would imagine while you're in the midst of battle and doing all this shit that you might want to wear it a little more. I get that. Um, but I don't know. 
I love Viola Davis. She was a badass bitch in it, which was awesome. Harley Quinn was all over the place. She was exactly how I had wanted a live-action Harley Quinn. She is insane, and I think that Harley Quinn should be insane, and she should be morally ambiguous. I don't often like this direction of Harley Quinn being necessarily the good guy. It's okay to have villains. We don't need to always make them good guys, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I think that Jared Leto's Joker gets a lot of unnecessary hate considering he was only on screen for about 10 to 15 minutes, so we didn't truly see the extent of what he could really do. There were some great scenes. I love the freaking scene where he's uh, confronting the one prison guard asking him information. He essentially, like, slides into his lap, and it was so, like, unnerving to me because it was that, like, sporadic, you don't know what he's going to do, and that's what I want from a joker. But uh, the action scenes I thought were really cool. I thought that they all came together really well. I love Joel Kinnaman's uh, Rick Flag. Looking back on it, I really can't see Tom Hardy in that position at all. I love Jay Courtney as Boomerang. He was freaking hilarious. And again, I know that there was like a lot of issues with it, but I liked all the characters. I like how they came together in the end, realizing like, yeah, the world pretty much isn't shit, but we don't want it to end because we do live here. So I guess while no one else is bothering to help out, we might as well. Uh, I like Diablo's character a lot. I don't know. I, I like the whole thing. Uh, I like even the final battle uh, against Enchantress where they broke through her showing all of them what they could have if they just kind of submitted to her, but, you know, they didn't because that's not reality. That's not real. And I, I don't know. I I keep saying it like I don't know. I just I liked the movie, and I didn't think that there was so much hate for it until, like, I went online and got to speaking with more people in the geek community and suddenly found out that people ripped this freaking movie to shreds. And I'm like, is there something wrong with me that I don't really see what the big deal about this movie was, but it is what it is. Uh, apparently there was still some things that fans in the studio liked about it because they are keeping some of the aspects for James Gunn's suicide squad movie. So I don't know. That's going to be my entry for this round, and I'm ready for you to absolutely tear it apart. I won't absolutely tear it apart. I was exaggerating. I mean, don't get me wrong. The movie was bad, but I'm not going to tear it apart. Um, The best scenes out of this movie for me were the first 20, 25 minutes. That was it. That was it. After that, you can throw the whole thing away. Um, it just, it, it got in its own way. I mean, like, why? Who in that studio sat down and said, oh, you know what? We got a bunch of heroes that, like, I don't know, shoot guns from, like, their wrist, has a bat, one has a boomerang, one just has rope, but we're going to blow his head up so it doesn't matter. Um, one is actually <laughs> a, um, a enhanced, uh, I can't remember what they call, um, people with powers in DC. I, I always forget. 
Um, metahuman? Thank you, metahuman. Uh, metahuman. Um, you know, Diablo is the only metahuman, but it's like that team was not the team you have facing like a sorceress. Like, it just didn't make sense. It did not make sense. That's A, all right? B, what was the whole point of that stupid mission of coming to save Amanda Waller? Why not just say, hey, come save me, or I'm going to blow all your heads off? Like, simple. Like, the whole, like, oh, my God, like, who are they going to go rescue? Like, is it, you know, is it one, is like, is it reverse flash? Like, what is it? It's Amanda Waller. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is so stupid. Okay, but what? that was, but that was pretty, like, badass in that scene where she, well, I wouldn't, I guess, say badass because it's fucked for those people. She fucking killed all of the people who were there with her because she was like, you guys have seen something that's too classified for you to comprehend. <laughs> and I'm like, what a bad day to go into work. <laughs> yeah, talk about a hostile work environment, right? Um <laughs> But uh, but no, I mean, there were just too many inconsistencies with a movie that if you just go off the first 25 minutes made you think this was going to be one of DC's biggest and best. And then, no, second act completely fell apart. Um, like, I mean, visually, David Ayer just understood this. I mean, Joker and Harley, that shot of them dancing in that classic comic um comic accurate uh costumes that they were yeah. in. beautiful the shot of deadshot having all the bullets rain down on him beautiful um like there were so many great shots but it does not take away from how many incon see the biggest inconsistency is the end of the movie where <laughs> where bruce doesn't have the justice league yet waller just handed him the files and the last thing he says there is shut it down or me and my friends will. What friends, Bruce? All you know is Diana. Like, what, what are you talking about? She just handed you the file of your so-called friends. You don't know them yet. So I'm like, what? What? <laughs> like, this, this makes no sense. So, I mean, there's just so many inconsistencies. You're right. The biggest problem I have is why not use Joker? I mean, you have him. Why is he a decoy? <laughs> like, this doesn't make any no, sense. Like, but... Go ahead. Oh, I'm so sorry. I know I was agreeing with you. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There was no reason for them to make the main mission against Enchantress. Like, who cared about her? All she did was just dance around really strangely for the whole entire movie. I don't disagree with that at all. Like, you have Jared Leto, probably one of the not only most talented actors, but one of the biggest actors, considering he's won, like, a couple of Oscars, and I think at that point in 2016, he was, like, coming off of an Oscar or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he was. So like, yeah. why, so, like, why wouldn't you use him? You know he's going to be able, like, if they truly gave him the freedom to just go with that character, it could have been so much more. Yeah, and, I mean, you could have, like, if you wanted to use Enchantress, at least do something cool, like have Joker be the one that's trying to weaponize her. Um, and you have mm. to stop Joker, um, and you have a scene to where it's Joker versus Harley uh, in Deadshot, and Harley now has to choose between the guy that saved her life and the guy that she's in love with, um, and, you know, she's choosing between the two. Meanwhile, you could still have the really cool thing of Diablo fighting Enchantress. You know, you could still have that. So I'm like, I'm not trying to strip the whole movie of its essence. You could have that 
but why not make it more intriguing and more fitting to the characters you have by having a cool shot of Deadshot versus Joker uh, with Harley stuck in the middle, why visually you have Diablo versus Enchantress. And then obviously, excuse me, they stop Joker, and that's how they're able to defeat Enchantress. Like, you could have gone a right way about this. Also, we'll never get over the fact that I love, you guys know this, there's no one on this planet besides her parents that loves Karen Fukuhara more than I do. But Katana was not necessary in this movie whatsoever. Served no purpose. None. And then, like, her introduction was just so weird. Like, she came on the plane, and he was like, well, slice, she'll slice you up. He's like, what? shut up. Like, just get on the plane. Let, let, let's go. Like, no one wants to be here. Um, so I mean, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry, Tia. I just... I'm sorry, that part was hilarious. Fucking Rick Black is like, this Katana, she has a sword. She'll slice you up. And Harley's like, she's lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it just, like, my my issues with this movie aren't anything like, oh, it wasn't comic accurate or anything like that. Because it had great elements of being a very accurate Suicide Squad. My biggest problem with it was it wouldn't get out of its own way. The whole Joker uh, club scene where they killed Common's character, who I believe was supposed to be Tattoo Man. Like, that was just like, what? What, what am I watching? What? Um, so I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. A lot about that was bad. My, I actually didn't have an issue with how often Will Smith um, wore his mask, uh, mainly because if you do watch the – not watch, but if you do read the comics, there's different variations of Deadshot. Some – some iterations of Deadshot, he just has the mechanical eye patch, um, so he doesn't even really have a mask at all. Um, and then there obviously are some where he does have the mask. He has, some he has the mask with the hood. So I'm like, the fact that Will Smith wore it 10% in that movie was shocking to me. Um, so I'm like, I, I kind of learned to, to live with that. I mean, it's just, what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, I mean... Go ahead, I'm sorry. One, one more thing, I swear. Um, yeah, before no, you yeah. pass it along. I will say that the, the one thing that also that bothers me, it's like this movie wasn't perfect, you know. I'm not saying that. But the one thing that also bothers me when I look back is, like, I, I, I know I've repeated this a thousand times on this podcast and other podcasts, but I was not a comic book reader growing up, but I – grew up on Batman the Animated Series. I swear if you go to my parents' house, there's at least 10 VHS tapes of recorded Batman the Animated Series from when I was a kid. But uh, Killer Croc needed to have been like 10 times bigger, and he was so scrawny. He was so scrawny. It bothered me so much. I'm like, they needed to have gotten like some brolic-ass dude and who was like six foot five to play this character. Yeah, a, a, another example of someone trying to make a character who should not be realistic more realistic. And it's like, no. And, I mean, now that you mentioned Killer Croc, he legit served no purpose. I mean, Tia, he served no purpose so much, David Ayer had to shoe in a scene where water, like something underwater was, was necessary so he would have something to do. That's how how much Killer Croc was not necessary to any point of that entire movie. And I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, they're like, 
all right, who's going to go under the water? And Killer Croc comes, I'll do it. It's like, oh, my God, you wrote this scene just to give Killer Croc something to do? Like, why put <laughs> Killer Croc in here then? Um, so, I mean, like I said, just a lot of this was just so annoying. Um, David, I don't know if it was David Ayer or the studio, but somebody got in their way big time uh, because this movie could have been so much better. So, I mean, th- those are my biggest issues. Just could have been a way better movie. Uh, after the first 25 minutes, honestly, I don't even know what I did. I know I took the whole group out and we went to go see it. Maybe I fell asleep. I don't even know. But um, it was it was bad. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. It was really bad. But um, Dom, me and Tia have talked ourselves uh, almost to a dry mouth. Uh, <laughs> so we'll go to you. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Tia throwing Suicide Squad in, uh, in the ring? Uh, so I think Suicide Squad is a very fun movie. Um, it may not be, you know, a top tier film, but like after, so I know, um, Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Will Smith and Margot Robbie, they were coming off uh, the movie Focus they did together. So they have, like, they already had a chemistry, which is why I think that it was so good in Suicide Squad. And I feel like, you know, I watch it every time it comes on TBS or TNT. Um, but I do think that, that those two might be the reason why I watch it every time. For one, Margot Robbie is a beautiful woman, and her as Harley Quinn, it seemed like she was made for that character. So it's hard, like, not to want to watch that character play out. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't like, – I thought the way that it might be set up, because they got put together so quickly and they had to quickly go on a mission, I thought you at least have some kind of montage scenes of going on other missions and showing them defeating something or somebody to at least let them show a cohesiveness to kind of bond as a group or show that they weren't getting along and then finally got along to be able to defeat something that was powerful in all of them. 
so yeah, I didn't get the whole Enchantress thing. Um, I like Cara Delevingne. I just didn't know, or Cara Delevingne. I just didn't know what, why they did the way they do, they, they, the way they did it. Um, I will say that Viola Davis is probably um, one of the most terrifying people I've ever seen in my life. And it's just her demeanor when she plays these serious roles. I feel like she can move things with her mind, and no one can tell me otherwise until I see her not do it. Because she is a very intense individual, and it is crazy that every time I see her, I'm just like, yo, okay, I'm I'm grounded. I'm gonna go to my room. Like she makes me feel like like uh, if my mom was the the Hulk or something. I don't know, or was Mister Doctor uh, Mister Sinister. Like it's crazy. Like I don't know where she gets this from, because I've seen her in interviews. She's a, a pleasant person, but when she has to be a serious character, Jesus. Um, yeah, I, I I think it was a, it's a fun movie. I think that's one of those ones that that's where I put it. It's a fun watch. Um, and I, I don't, I never really got the hate for Jared Little's Joker. Uh like there was a lot of hate for, it. and I and I and I mm-hmm. wish people would kind of not try to compare them to Heath Ledger because there was two different variations of Joker, and like you were saying that that uh, Heath Ledger is more like the anarchy guy. So like Jared Little, you know, for one, we saw a lot of the hate from people who are not really comic book fans or Joker fans, so they just saw that one Joker and they're like. Well, he's not the guy from the last one, and um, so a lot of times the hate comes from people who are not really big of that big of fans in the first place. Um, they saw one thing and they uh, they latched onto it. So, you know, I do agree with a lot of people saying he should get another shot or uh, put him in something with as that same character. But I assume it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the I thought the Joker was kind of cool. Uh, I'm a big fan of grills and tattoos because I have a grill and tattoos. So yeah, like I, I fuck with that Joker. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's a it's a definitely a fun movie. Uh, the Diablo was probably um, my favorite character. Um, I like the, you know just the kind of mystique behind him. Like I mean we we saw it, but then like him really like why he's so upset and why he didn't really want to help. And I, they could have done a lot more with him if they wanted to. Um, but clearly that movie was the Will Smith and Margot Robbie movie. Uh, Cause it seemed like everything just kind of steered back towards them. They led every scene. They carried uh, most of like the dialogue kind of focused around them. Um, and I, yeah, like you said, I do wish they, with how you can kind of tell that there was some kind of connection with them, you could have pit Joker and Deadshot against each other. And it seemed like it, it was building up possibly to that point, but then they dropped the ball. I don't know. I don't know what they were trying to do and why you would, you know, give us little morsels of uh, these these things and then say, you know, dinner's over. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun movie. So I, so I think it's a pretty solid team. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> like I said, there were just there there was a lot of inconsistencies. Like, I I don't know what David Ayer's original 
concept was for this movie, but it, it had to have been better than what we got. Um, I mean, it couldn't have been any worse. <laughs> like it just couldn't have. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm totally with you on Viola Davis. I watched How to Get Away with Murder, and she's just <laughs> evil on that show for absolutely no reason. Sometimes I'm like, geez, woman. All she said was good morning. Um, <laughs> so I, I definitely get you, man. But um, no, it was a great cast. I mean, I'll, Cara Delevingne, I think, is a really good up-and-coming actress. Um, I still one of the only people that appreciate that movie with her, uh, her and Dane DeHaan. Um, I thought it visually was great. Um, and I had a lot of fun with that movie. Um, I also thought she was good in what I've seen so far of Carnival Row. I know she's been in a few other things also. Um, so I thought it was a really good cast. Uh, Jay Hernandez as Diablo. I believe that was Jay Hernandez. So I'm like, yeah. it was a great cast. It's just the execution was like, I need to see who wrote that. Um, but all right. So Tia, you got it on the list. We got Suicide Squad up. I'll go next. Of course, I'm going Batman v Superman. This is a movie that I remember seeing Henry Lennox do the announcement for. Um, and I remember I'm, I'm listening to it. I was listening to it with someone, and they were on the phone. I'm like, yo, like, can, can you go outside? And like, he, he was just still on the phone. I had to like push him. He's like, yo, what's wrong? I'm like, yo, shut up. I'm trying to hear what this fan is saying. Um, and then like when he said the quote from uh, The Dark Knight uh, Returns, I'm like, oh, yes. And then they showed the logo, showing us both, um, showing us both uh, Batman, you know, showing Superman's logo, then the Bat logo coming inside of it. I remember I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be great!" It was. This movie took place, I want to say, maybe a few years after uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, maybe what five years, if that. Um, so there was a lot of people speculating: could Christian Bale come back? Blah blah blah. Then when I hear it's Ben Affleck, I'm like, uh huh, like I don't know. Um, and then it wasn't until Zack Snyder released that first photo of Batman. I, I always say of emo Batman because um, he looks so sad. But when he re- revealed that photo, I was like, I'm gonna like this Batman. I'm gonna really, really, really like this Batman. And I remember I saw the trailer. I remember saying. That BVS was going to be a better movie than Civil War. Um, I still stand by that. There's no way you're telling me a movie with Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman is not better than that movie turned out to be. Um, so I will forever stand by my initial thought of there's no way you, you could mess this movie up. Um, apparently, Zack Snyder said, hold my beer. But I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Gave us a very very accurate Batman. Um, it was a combination of a different Batman, um, but it was a very accurate one. Used his gadgets, used his detective skills. Um, he put his butler to work uh, for more than just delivering tea. Um, this Batman was vengeful. This Batman was the knight. He was justice. He was everything I wanted him to be. Um, I know people's gripes about Batman's uh, motivation wasn't that strong. The the motivation was strong. The whole opening was to show you, like, yo, all this chaos just happened and mad people that Bruce knows died. Like, all he's thinking is, 
that guy is responsible. He's not thinking, oh, that guy saved the day, blah, blah, blah. He's just thinking that is something, that's a target. That's a target, and I got to go put him down. Um, if anyone's motivations weren't strong, Superman's weren't. <laughs> like, I thought those motivations were horrible. Then everyone's like, well, just watch the Ultimate Edition. I watched the Ultimate Edition. The motivations still didn't make any sense. Um, I'm like, I'm more confused than I was just watching the original. Um, and I will get to Tia's infamous Martha before I pass it to Tia. My response to Martha is, it was, it was a powerful scene, and here's why. The movie starts with, obviously, us seeing Bruce's parents die for, cinematically, at least the 100th time. Um, and the point was, it was supposed to show um, last words being him mouthing Martha. Um, obviously, we know how much Bruce's mother meant to him. So, in that moment of vulnerability... He's about to kill Superman, and Superman mentions Martha. So immediately Batman's thinking, well, no, there's no way he knows I'm, I'm Bruce Wayne. Like, there's just no way. Um, so he's like, how do you know that name? Why do you know that name? Um, and it, the reason why once he said, like, I know everyone jokes like, oh, did we just become best friends? No, the reason why that meant something to Bruce was he remembered in that moment losing his mother. Um, and how much that hurt him. So he's looking at this guy like, I can't let this guy go through what I, what I went through. Um, so it wasn't like a, oh, we're best friends now. It was more of a, my job is always to protect. So if there's someone in danger, I'm going to go protect. And, Tia, it led to one of the greatest action sequences in superhero movie history, which is that warehouse scene. Okay? So without Martha, we don't even have that. Uh, I will say, though, not to be a hypocrite at all, I will say it was convenient that his mother happened to be named Martha also. Yes, it was very convenient. Um, But there was a lot about that fight that I'm like, Superman really wanted to get Batman's attention. He probably could have. Like, that fight didn't really need to happen. Um, But I, I really enjoyed this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. We got the most accurate Bruce Wayne, the most accurate Batman that we've ever had. Robert Pattinson's about to make me eat those words. Um, but I really did think a lot of this movie was very well done. Um, I do have my issues, but I'll wait till till later. But T, I'll go to you. Um, <laughs> I'm just bracing myself for it. What are your thoughts on Batman v Superman? So I feel bad because you, I feel like held back uh, on Suicide Squad, and I should be, like, gentlemanly and do the same, but I'm not. So let's uh, talk about the Martha scene really quick. Uh, Martha is an incredibly common name. Her name wasn't, like, Aquafina, and he was like, oh, my God. It's it's just ridiculous. My mother's name is Louise. Like, if I'm beating the shit out of someone, and they're like, oh, save Louise, I'm like, okay, no. Like, it just... It, made, it didn't make any sense in the way, like, Ben Affleck was screaming at us. If he was, like, constipated, he was like, oh, Martha, what do you mean, Martha? It was just so annoying. And then, like, freaking Amy Adams, uh, Lois Lane, like, comes out of nowhere. There are two things that I cannot stand in these comic book movies. And one is, while, and they did it twice. 
DC did it twice, once in Batman versus Superman and another time in Justice League where the, dan- where the damsel in distress, right, you know, because that's all they made Lois Lane really out to be was this frolicking woman. Uh, and she just conveniently, in the middle of a freaking, like, titan going up against each other, just conveniently runs in, like, his mother, it was his mother, and she did the same thing in freaking Justice League while Superman was going all crazy. It's like, let's get her in. I hate that. And then the second trope that I absolutely can't stand is, I get it, all right, I'd be pretty pissed, too, if a bunch of people died, you know, during this horrific event. I don't give a shit if it's an alien fighting another alien in the middle of a, of a city, you know. But I hate seeing that in comic book movies. It's the same thing that they did after Age of Ultron, where they were like, oh, you dropped a city. It's like, mother effer, he was going to destroy the whole entire world. It's like sometimes shit like that has to happen to save the world. Sometimes Superman is going to have to knock down a building to make sure that all the buildings in the world don't get knocked down. So that whole thing, I couldn't stand. I remember watching this movie at home because I did not pay to go see it in the theaters because at that point especially, I was really not a Ben Affleck fan. I am still so on the fence with him, but as my mother pointed out, some of my favorite movies actually feature Ben Affleck in. I'm like, all right, I guess I can't hate him too much considering I love Gone Girl, love Argo, uh, and love The Accountant. I guess I have to take that back. But at the time, really was so against the casting of Ben Affleck as Batman. And I was not wrong for myself, but I saw it at home. This is the longest three hours of my freaking life. I was just sitting there like, oh, God, there's more. There's more, there's more, and freaking, uh, I don't know what the hell Jesse Eisenberg was doing. He he played his Lex Luthor the same way Ezra Miller is playing his Flash. I don't know, do they, ha- do they have the same acting coach that they have to play their characters the exact same way? That is not Lex Luthor. I couldn't stand that whole thing. Um, the CGI was absolutely horrific. Um, I can't stand, you know, these, like, shots where, like, they jumped and suddenly it was like, and, like, the camera has to, like, go all in and everything like that. They did that, like, ten times in the movie. I couldn't stand it. I get that, like, Batman had, and I'm a huge Batman fan, so I'm not shitting on that. But, you know, I just still don't think he can go toe-to-toe with Superman, like, even with a suit on. I don't know. Um... Wait, I got like two more things that I gotta like throw out here. Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. I will not let that happen. You will not, in the same vein, say you are a huge Batman fan and then follow it up with, I don't think he could beat Superman. If there's anyone on the planet that can beat Superman, it's clearly Batman to you. He does it at every turn, okay? All right, I just wanna throw that out there. I'm gonna revoke your Batman pass to you. So go ahead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, the two other things that I was going to say is, and I'm probably wrong on the first one, as Kanan, like, yelled at me for it. But as you guys, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I've recently become a 
big fan of this of this actor called Scoot McNary. And yes, I understand that like his character did have a purpose in the movie, but looking back, I'm like, you waste like such a talented person on such a throwaway character. You could have made him like a superhero or something. But that's you know here and there. Kanan was like, It's not the dawn of Scoot McNary. I'm like, Okay, I'm just being biased there, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Um No, go ahead. Really, really quick. Um the like real positive I say about the movie is that it, I did love Gail Gadot. I did love absolutely Gail Gadot. Um her oh her dresses were absolutely gorgeous. I was like taken away. I was like, this is the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen. That dress, um, with the freaking like it, it was this movie, right? With the sword in the back of it. I was like, Oh yes, the power move, like the big energy I'm getting from you. And I know she wasn't like necessary to the movie, like I completely understand like that one line, like, is she with you? I thought she was with you. And it's like, I get that that doesn't make sense, and her presence in the movie in general doesn't make sense. But either way, I I loved her, and it made me excited for her as Wonder Woman. I'm done talking now, especially since my dog seems to want to bark at whoever is outside our door. So, and <laughs> scene. <laughs> um, I will say Gail Godot is the only human being that I think the term kill them with kindness is appropriate for. Like when she smiles, I'm like, like picture saying something mean to her and then she smiles. Like that smile could slap you. Like that's how powerful her she's smile. She's so good with it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Like she looks, all right. <laughs> here's, here's a crazy thing about me. All right. I, I despise overly positive people. I find it to be not only disgusting, but unnerving, and I don't trust it, right? I need to know that someone has some darkness somewhere in there, right? So it's like seeing her, like, all the press toys and everything, she's so happy. I'm like, she makes me sick. <laughs> like, she makes me so sick how happy she is all the time. Not because being happy is bad. It's just because it's like, all right, I know something in your day today happened that, like, you were upset about. Show me it. Like, let me see that. Um, but she's just always just so so happy and joyous. But um, no, Wonder Woman was not needed in this movie. Not even a little bit. Not even a tad bit. Not even a, a smaller amount of that. Um, Scoot McNary was wasted, mainly because you had a you had potential to make him Metallo, and then for you to make Metallo yeah. the main big, and for you to save um, Doomsday. Um, so that's why he was wasted. Uh, I, I don't care what Kanan will defend this movie. I could tell Kanan that there are like eight different racist slurs in this movie, and he would still, oh, yo, I mean, come on, man. Like, maybe they found it was missed. Like, Kanan will defend this movie no matter what. Um, Scoot McNair, he was wasted. He was wasted. I hated how much they wasted uh, Lex Luthor's bodyguard because if anyone knows um, Mercy Graves in the comics, well, not in the comics. More so just in Young Justice. Lex Luthor makes her a living weapon. I'm like, that would have been dope if he did that. Have Mercy Graves, Metallo versus Batman and, and Superman. That would have been awesome. Um, I agree with you with Amy Adams. I am never a fan of, I'm not even a fan of um, scenes where the guy's like, yo, I'm about to go off and face this guy. It's going to be really dangerous. And then he and the girl have like this moment where they're like, 
all right, kiss me in case it's the last time. It's like, all right, that could have been off screen. Like, I, I needed to see that. <laughs> like, I mean, I can't tell you how many times when I see that, I'm like, someone would just throw a grenade like, right then and there. I'd be so happy. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I, I agree with you. I'm not a fan of that. Um, what else wasn't I a fan of? I'm trying to be, like, you know, non-biased here. There were a lot of things that I didn't like about this movie. Uh, Doomsday, obviously. That whole end battle was, was stupid. Superman dying was stupid. Uh, what, what was even mm. worse about BVS uh, leading into Justice League, and I'm going to pass it to you, Dom, was the fact that <laughs> they were reviving Superman from being dead, right? But what no one seems to remember was that his grave shook at the end of BVS. So if his grave shook, that was you telling me he was alive. Why did you have to revive him? Like that that doesn't that doesn't add up. Like something about that is like, all right, Zack Snyder clearly was like, all right, no one's gonna remember this. Like just gloss over it. Um, so I'm like, that was really weird. Like really, really, really weird. Um, but there was one more thing I, I really disliked. I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, by the way, Tia, I saw that in theaters four times, right? None of the four times I saw oh, it, and they were, all, they were all packed houses each time I saw it. None of the four times I saw it, did anybody laugh at, I thought she was with you. Uh, I, I thought she was, no one laughed. I'm like, that was possibly the worst delivered exchange I've ever heard. Like, no one laughed. I, I was, I'm looking around, I'm like, no one? Oh, no one thought that was funny. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm glad I didn't laugh out loud. But, um, yeah, no, that was horrible. But, Dom, I'm going to pass it to you because I could talk about this movie for ages. Um, what are your thoughts on BVS being thrown into the, the ring? So, I, ha- I think I'm going to have a few beats with this movie. So, I remember when I, w- I went and saw it in theaters. And the first thing that I disliked was Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. First off, every time I see him in a movie, I just think of, think of him as an awkward, squirrely type of guy. And from some of the animated movies I've seen, um, Lex Luthor is kind of has the same kind of bravado as um and stature like as far as physical stature as as um Bruce Wayne so you give this little squirrely guy and and he looked he looked ridiculous as bald it looked so bad um who i thought because of um i know if they would have done it, people would have been somewhat upset but from a lot of the the animated uh images i've seen of Lex Luthor he looks to be kind of a muscular overly tan guy who I assume is a white guy, but I think a person that would have been good for that role is Shamar Moore um, just for the simple fact of that he's supposed to be like uh, Lex Luthor is always like overly likable and gets away with stuff and people like him and I think that Shamar Moore would have fit perfectly in that spot um, I, and I didn't like no, no, I was just going to say, I think if you were going to modernize Lex Luthor, it should have been John David Washington. Um, someone who has a presence, someone who 
can kind of like because the issue with Shamar Moore is like the problem with Lex Luthor in, in, in the cartoons was that he just always seemed tough. And what it seemed like Zack Snyder was aiming for was more of a mental manipulation. Um, so it's like if you're that big, you shouldn't be trying to manipulate anybody. You should just be throwing bows. Um, right. So I'm like, I don't really want to see Lex Luthor and Batman duke it out, even if you put Lex in the suit. So I'm like, if you go John David Washington, whose stature is very much like Jesse Eisenberg, uh, nothing like the, the Greek gods, Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck, um, he could have done a perfect mental manipulation. Um, the world would have went bananas if, if they made um, if they made Lex Luthor black. Like they just would have, the world would have been. Um, so that would have caused chaos. Um, but I would have went with John David Washington because he has a presence about him. Um, he very much yeah. seems like, uh, and I think he could have handled that mental manipulation. But I will say really quickly, what Zach was trying, we have to remember this. Now, what Zach says in reality is always different. But according to him, Lex Luthor in this movie was not Lex Luthor we know. He was going to become that Lex Luthor. So he was not the Lex Luthor that, mm. that was watching cartoons. He was obviously the son of Lex Luthor. Um, he mentioned his dad a lot. Uh, so maybe his dad was ruthless in the short time uh, that his dad was, was alive while, while he was born. But if you watch Justice League, the end credit scene, he was becoming that Lex Luthor. Like, you didn't hear any quirky remarks at the end of Justice League. You heard a more confident, a more, um, you know, excuse me, uh, prideful Lex Luthor. I think this guy was someone that was trying to figure out who he was. Um, I can't judge Lex because we never got to see his full evolution, and we never will. Um, so I just kind of leave that open-ended for my opinion on him. Because I'm like, if we just go off of uh, BVS, I'm like, at the end of Justice League, he showed you he could be Lex Luthor. I mean, he even committed and actually cut his hair off. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. There was a lot I did like about um, Jesse Eisenberg in BVS. I love the line of um, when he was commenting on the painting uh, where he was saying uh, demons don't come from, what do you say? Demons don't come from below. They come from above. Um, like, I thought that was a very, that was a very weird way to look at something. But I was like, ah, I like how he delivered that line. Um, but yeah, I think Zach was going for a different Lex Luthor than we're used to. But I'll say this, everyone who hated his Lex Luthor, just remember this, Kevin Spacey was Lex Luthor, and I can guarantee you, it was worse. <laughs> it was worse. It was worse than Jesse's. Um, but I'm sorry, Dom, go ahead. Um, and, uh, I do, I felt like, um, this was a high, or it, it at least it felt this way. I don't know if it necessarily was this way. I know there's other people that kind of felt the same way as I did, but it felt like um, this was like Apple versus Android, and DC was Android at the time, and they were trying to catch up to an Avengers type movie. So they're trying to get, they're trying to make Justice League, and so some of the stuff felt forced. It's like the whole. Him like as was it like Bruce got into the computer and then he sees the files of like because uh, Lex had been watching other 
super powered people, and it just, I don't, I, it all just felt. And he had like the symbols for him, like it, I don't, it felt corny. Um, it yeah, no, they kind of. <laughs> I, I'm with you on that. As soon as I saw the symbols, I was like, all right, hold on, wait, <laughs> like hold on, Lex. Like they don't make symbols for themselves. Like who created these symbols? <laughs> so spot on. Like all right, come on, man. But I will say I am curious. Did you and Tia catch the Easter egg in that flashpoint scene of Bruce's dream? Either uh, one of you. Uh, I didn't pay attention. Oh, oh my goodness, Tia! When he said. <laughs> Find Lois. Lois is the key. What he meant by that was, come Justice League, who was the one to get through to Superman and bring him back to uh oh, to, but to, so, to it was so Lois. That, that the that key. Just, but, but, but that falls into what I hate about, again, it's like you have this massive fight scene that's going on, and just her popping up. Uh, 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 Oh God, I can't. Clark, and it's like, oh, everything's good. That no, that's not cool. But well, wait, hold on, no. hold on. That's not cool. Hold on, because you're not giving the full story. She didn't just show up. Bruce had said when they asked, if this goes wrong, what are we gonna do? And Bruce said, I'm gonna bring out the big guns. And we thought it was maybe like a suit or something. He said the big guns was Lois. She was the only one that could get through to him. He knew that. So that she didn't just show up. He had Alfred go get her because that's what he thought would be some the neutralizer, something that could calm him down and get him thinking clearly. And it worked. It worked. Was it a big mistake? <laughs> I won't disagree, but it worked. She needed to, if she showed up, she needed to start being like the sun's going real low, big guy. I mean, <laughs> That is definitely what they were aiming for. I mean, they were like a line away from just saying that. Um, but I'm sorry, Dom. I, I keep cutting you off. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Dom. Oh, you good? Uh, um, I did love. I, I do like Ben Affleck's Batman, though. Uh, I like. I love the the suit. Uh, it definitely. He kind of feels to me like uh, the animated series, especially the size wise. Like most of these. Um, the guys that we've had play Batman, they get they get ripped for the part, but they they weren't already big guys to begin with. Ben Affleck's always been a bigger guy, and then you get him jacked, and he looked like, yo, don't mess with Batman because he'll jack you up. Um, that that in that warehouse scene is brutal, and like that's exactly what you know I wanted to see at least, and I feel like most people wanted like. I want to see Batman kick some ass for real, and that's what we got. I mean, uh, that scene is crazy. Um, and yeah, and Wonder Woman. I mean, that kind of goes with my whole them trying to make a form the Justice League real quick. You know, iPhone eight was out at the time, and Android was like, "Yeah, we got to do Android eight point five before we get left behind." So I mean, it it, it felt unnecessary, but. I, I you know no one's gonna say no to seeing Gal Gadot on screen, so it it worked. Um, but yeah, I do wish the Doomsday. I always knew him to be a a big character, and it kind of just seemed like he was like non like he wasn't he was a non factor. I mean, 
the fight scene didn't. It was. It looked cool. It didn't take very long to, for him to be destroyed, and he could have. They could have let him go on a rampage for longer than you know what he was there for. So I feel like he was uh, wasted, um, and he just looked goofy. Like I ain't. He looked like. I don't know. He looked like if Groot was made out of rock and and giant. I don't know. It looked it looked weird. Uh, so, but yeah, like overall, when I left the the theater, you know, and I had, I think I saw it like a week after it came out, and I'd already heard a lot of the hate. But when I came out of the theater, I didn't hate it. Um, I just was like, they're trying to. I just knew they were trying to catch up to Marvel at that point. Um, so it felt like. It could have been a lot better, but they are trying to rush it just a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's a good pick. Yeah, no, they definitely rushed it. I mean, they did the same thing that Deadpool two did. I mean, Deadpool two should have just been called Deadpool two. We're just trying to make X Force. Um, I mean, cause <laughs> yeah. that was really the the entire point of that movie. Um, you calling this Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice? was very clear on what they were trying to sell you. It was Justice League. But I don't think anything was wrong with them looking to do a team-up movie so early, only because if this was a good movie, no one would be saying, you know, it's a good movie, but I think you should have did solo movies. No one would be saying that. We'd be fine. It's just because it happened to not be the best of movies that we now, hindsight, look back and say, you should have just did solos and then led into this. Um, but I mean, that's, that's hindsight. That's always hindsight. I would like to see if all these people that are against BVS were against it after that very first trailer aired. Uh, I think it was the San Diego Comic-Con trailer. Um, cause I just remember the hype was real. <laughs> people were like, yo, Batman. I think that was a trailer with the, um, do you bleed? You will. I think that was when that tag mm-hmm. Uh, and I just remember saying, yo, did Batman just say that to Superman? Like, what? <laughs> what is he about to do to this guy? Like, I didn't know what was about to happen in this movie. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Tia, yeah, look, I will never tell you that this movie is mistake-free. I'd be lying to you. Uh, it's riddled <laughs> with um, But Batman is so good in it. It kind of overtakes the fact that it's called BVS, but we see so little of Superman. I'm like, it's just so little Superman, and it's just all Batman. Um, but yeah, that that whole Flash, Aquaman, Cyborg thing rushed. Um, like it, it was. What, what are you guys doing? Like this, this is bad. Um, but yeah, so all right, BVS we got thrown in there. Dom, you're going to round this out with your final selection for what makes it on the list. What do you got? All right. I saw this movie a little later than everybody else, but when I saw it, I was very glad that I saw it. Uh, It's got to be Wonder Woman. Um, It was, as as a character that I had only seen uh, and read in passing, you know, I had old Batman comics and old Superman comics that my uncle had. And you know she was in there, and you know as a young as a young lad, a young boy, I wasn't too interested in like her as a character. Uh, I was just say, oh, there's a girl there, that's cool. Well, what are these guys doing? You know, young boy stuff. 
Um, but this, um, to kind of give, you know, everybody, you know, the fans who loved Wonder Woman and knew what she was supposed to be, um, and then to get it in the physical form and Gal doing such a great job and kind of, you know, you get, we get the backstory and we see that she's like, she's a pure hero. Like that's all she knows is I am, a, I'm doing some hero shit and that's what I'm doing. So she has to kind of learn how to operate as a normal person because she's always like, Hey, that's the guy right there. All right, let's go chop him up. And he's like, no, 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 no. Chill out, chill out, chill out. You got to be kind of covert about this. Like, nah, I'm, I'm me. Let me, let me go handle this. Like, nah, chill out. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I mean, that movie was so good. Um, and you know, my first initial, and this, my, my first initial, um, casting thought, uh, and this because I'm an MMA fan was Gina Carano. And then later on her seeing, I, I know, I know, I know seeing her later on in different movies, I can understand why she wouldn't have been casted because she's an okay actor, but she's not a great actor. Um, so I, I get it. I just, me, I, I watched her. You got this Amazonian type of person who can literally beat people up. And I was like, oh, she'd be perfect for Wonder Woman. I think this was like when there was talks of the movie uh, coming out. And then I saw Gal Gadot in, like, the Fast and Furious movies, and I'm like, she weighs, like, 90 pounds, and Wonder Woman's supposed to be, like, I, I, I assume she's over six foot, and she, you know, so, I, but the finished product, we see what we see, and no one else can be Wonder Woman but Gal. Um, she's a, I, I think she's a much-needed character, um, especially I know female comic lovers, was like we need our person too that we we want our hero and no other female hero is as big as Wonder Woman and uh, the movie was shot the shot was shot perfectly the cinematography the way they did it was was great um, and it, and it didn't seem the movie didn't feel to me at least it didn't feel like they were forcing anything it just kind of un- unraveled in a great way and now it's one of those movies that since DC and Warner Brothers have their, you know, TNT and TBS, every time it comes on I watch it. So it, it's become one of those movies for me. Yeah, no, my my issue with what you said about Gina Carano was I remember, was I in, no, I wasn't in school when Wonder Woman came out. I, I just remember like everyone was saying, like, oh, Gina Carano should be Wonder Woman. And I'm like, all right, well, show me some movies she was in. Let me see her acting. They're like, no, no, no. They're like, not her acting. It's just because she looks like she has a body. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, no, man. That's, that's not how you do casting. Um, Like, she has to be able to act. And I remember everyone going, well, Gil Gadot's now Wonder Woman. You think she can act? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, no, I don't. That casting. The only thing I'd ever seen her in before Wonder Woman was non-speaking lines in Fast and Furious. So I'm like, uh, I don't know. But that's why it was smart for Zach to put her in BVS because she looked great. And I remember mm-hmm. saying, man, if she could handle, like, if she could act a little bit, 
she could be a really good Wonder Woman, but it would it scared me that she didn't have that many speaking lines in BVS. I'm like, are you guys hiding that she's not a good actress? <laughs> like, why is she not talking more? <laughs> Um, and then, you know, she blew me away. She completely blew me away. And I, I think what she's done with the role has been great. I, I agree with you. I now can't see anyone else as Wonder Woman. Uh, unlike Ms. Brie Larson, who I could name like a thousand different people that should be Captain Marvel to this day. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I thought this was a great movie. I thought this was a great step forward. I thought Wonder Woman for women was exactly what Black Panther was for, for black people. It was a step in the right direction. I mean, for, for mm-hmm. top to bottom, you had a female director, uh, <laughs> and your star obviously was, was a woman. Um, it was just such a great step in the right direction. We obviously didn't get more of it as much as we wanted, but now we got Birds of Prey, female director. Uh, one, uh, uh, sorry, um, Black Widow, female director. Eternals female director so I'm like we're finally catching stride Patty Jenkins did it if that movie wasn't such a hit I I don't know if we have a surplus of female directors uh right now my only issue with the movie is that Patty Jenkins did the one thing I would always tell Patty Jenkins don't you ever do again in your life do not follow the model of Zack Snyder and she did that in her third act where it looked just like a Zack Snyder movie, and that's where uh, she yeah. I was like, this is not good, Patty. <laughs> that's why I'm glad. Um, Zach, is, Zach will always be an EP as long as the, um, the actors that he casted are still doing these movies, but Wonder Woman 84 does not feel or look like a Zack Snyder film. Uh, it doesn't even look like his hands are even on it. Um so, I mean, that's where she lost me. I also did not l- like how um, – I didn't like the swerve for um, – uh, what's his name? The the, the main dad for, for Wonder Woman. Why am I blanking? Um, oh, man. I can't think of his name. But um, the swerve that they did on, on, the, on the big bad and then how he looked CGI-wise uh, towards the end of that fight, I was just like, oh, no, this is horrible. But that no man's land scene, Dom, that that steals it. I mean, that's just you yeah. can't shoot better than that. I uh, kind of wish Captain Marvel had a cool moment like that. But anyway, uh, Tia, <laughs> do you agree that Wonder Woman deserves a spot on this list? And your thoughts about the movie? Um, first of all, Captain Marvel did have a cool scene, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, and by the way, Wait, I said. Captain Marvel did have a cool scene in her movie, but I'm not going to get into that because this isn't the discussion here. Uh, I will say that, thank God, Zack Snyder doesn't have his hands on Wonder Woman 84 because it looks effing gorgeous. We talked about this in a previous uh, podcast where I just raved about that trailer. But, uh, yeah, absolutely, Wonder Woman deserves to be on this list. I wanted to say that I agreed with Dom when we first saw Gail as Wonder Woman. In my head, she is an Amazonian. She is large. She's huge. And I did have in my mind someone like Gina. Uh, only only physically, because I feel like there needs to be that type of representation for women 
we don't need to be small and slim, and that's why I love Gina so much because she is a powerhouse woman that looks brawlic, and that needs to be represented. But here's here's the crazy thing, Here's the crazy Mm -hmm. thing. Picture that you remember that shot in BVS where it's Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman all standing together, right? Picture how weird and disturbing it would be to see buff Gina Carano with buff Henry Cavill and buff Batman. That is way too much buff. Like, I already couldn't... See, I couldn't think, do, go ahead. See, I think that would have looked awesome. It would have looked like... Uh, what what was the team up in WWE back in the day with, like, China Doll and... Oh, no. That was so disturbing to see China pick up grown men. Like, that, that's terrifying. That's <laughs> like, what I want to see. That's what I want to see. When I think of an Amazonian women, they do transcend transcend the typical, like, what you think a woman should look like. But, you know, th- that is what it is. That's my personal opinion on that. Like, I want to see that. I want to see, like, big, strong, grown-ass women who can literally use, like, men as toothpicks. But maybe that's just coming from me being a woman. But um, Yale Gadot, as I said, completely sold me in Batman versus Superman. So I actually, though, didn't see Wonder Woman until maybe about a year ago. And I really liked it. Um, I love the scene, you know, of her, like, on, um, I, I forget, where's the land that she's from? I always forget what it's called. It starts with the Mister. Yeah. I love seeing those scenes. It, again, from a, a woman's standpoint, it was beautiful to see this huge community of strong warrior women um, all together. And there is, like, this innocence about Wonder Woman and her being kind of a fish out of water in the, you know, men's world or something. Like, as Dal was saying, like, hey, we have to be stealthy. And she's like, no, I just bust in and do my thing. Uh and I like her her interactions with Steve Trevor. I think Chris Pine plays kind of a really like cute and dorky uh, Steve Trevor. I again love it's from you know as you said, Wonder Woman did for women what Black Panther did for people of color. Uh, you know, I love seeing Steve Trevor just completely in awe of the strong ass woman who could literally take on like a million people and not even break a sweat. Um, I will say that I do kind of have problems sometimes with No Man's uh, Land scene just because she looked so glorious and her hair wasn't out of place and she had no dirt on her face. And I'm like, she looks like a supermodel running down a freaking, you know, runway, not battling. It's completely unrealistic. There needs to be blood splattered and her hair needs to be completely messed up. My hair looks like shit when I wake up and she's just battled and like apparently Amazonian hairs never like messed up because her hair was glorious and she had no smudges on her face at all I'm like alright come on that's so unrealistic but you know and, and she said like the final act was a little iffy the CGI was a little iffy I mean it still suffers from what I think DC movies now kind of suffer from and I think maybe it's just a lack of money from the studios or something like that. But either way, it's definitely up there 
one of my favorite current DCEU films, Gail is amazing. Patty Jenkins is a fantastic director. And I just seriously can't wait for Wonder Woman 84. But absolutely, uh, the original Wonder Woman completely deserves to be on this list because of how much of a standpoint it was and what it meant to the female population. I mean, you know, that's, that's Wonder Woman. She tells us that we can do anything. And it's amazing just seeing a character like that. And also seeing all of the man babies should be so sad all the time over it being successful. Juan. I think I talked to zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm here. I'm sorry. Um, no, I mean, look, this, this <laughs> what's what's crazy about it is all the scenes on Themyscira I thought were freaking beautiful. And let's let's also add there were a lot of women of color in Themyscira, which was very important for me. Um, I would have found a, a very large problem if there were not at least a handful. Of women of color uh, on that island, yeah, but um, nice no. go ahead. No, no, I was saying it was like nice and diverse in that way. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Aries, that's his name. No one helps me. You guys are the worst. Aries, no, that's <laughs> the name. Um, that's what. That's why when you were saying my name, I was like, I was lost. I was like, I know this guy's name. Um, but yeah, no, this is this is a very, very, very good movie. Uh Patty Jenkins did an amazing job. I actually want to see what Patty Jenkins does away from Wonder Woman. Um, just like I want to see what Gail Gadot does away from Wonder Woman. Um, and see if they can kind of establish themselves outside of just that franchise. Um, we obviously know Patty Jenkins has done other things, but Miss Gal is who I would like to see stretch her acting legs a little bit, see what else she got. Um, I will say it helped her out a lot because um, they got a, a lot of really good actors and actresses um, for this. That, I mean, for that Wonder Woman movie, so the the, the pressure wasn't all on her. Um, like any scene with Chris Pine, you could see how like it it was it was really helping her to have Chris Pine on uh, in that scene with her because he's just guy's a freaking great actor. Um, but yeah, no, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and this movie does definitely deserve to be on this list. All right, we got seven minutes left. I'm going to go around really quickly. Honorable mention, two. No, no ex- like long detail, but two movies you think deserve uh, to be mentioned here also. Uh, T, I'll start with you. Um, Batman Returns, obviously. And... Uh, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, Batman Begins. There you go. Boom. Oh, yikes. You found a way to put two Nolan movies in here. All right, Dom. Uh, <laughs> you're up. Two movies. Um, oof. I'm going to say, and it's going to sound weird, but it, it holds a place in my heart. <laughs> uh, uh, Steel from 1997. And um, has anyone said The Dark Knight Rises? Oh, no. Gosh. You guys found a way to put the whole trilogy in here. Um, no, no one, no, one, no one said it's that. It's a movie great yet. movie, Juwan. It's a great movie. It is not a great movie. It is not a great movie. That movie is only good for two reasons. 
Sugar Daddy Mendelssohn, that's one. <laughs> and two, Bane's two speeches, the one in the stadium and then the one outside the prison. That's it. Throw the rest of the movie away. The only two good scenes. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. So dramatic. You didn't that, cry when frickin' uh, Alfred was crying over the grave going, I failed you, Mr. Wayne. I bawled. Tears. <laughs> Did I cry? No. i tell you why I didn't cry. I'm like, all right, I've seen Michael Caine act. This looked like it was phoned in. Like, it was like, all right, uh, y'all ain't about to get 100% on this cry. Y'all can get, like, 30. That's that's, that's what I can give y'all. Um action like that's what i feel like michael Caine said during the shooting of that specific scene like he gave very little um so no that didn't make me cry see there's so many things wrong with that movie the fact that bruce was in uh that pit and then within an hour was in gotham where the hell was that pit he had no car you have five minutes. We can't talk about this right now. <laughs> we are going to a, we're going to do a Dark Knight trilogy episode. Because that movie alone, I have at least 500 questions for it, Tia. It just does not make sense. It just doesn't. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Okay, hold on. I'm not even going to name my two movies. I'm going to say this. When Bane fights Batman, he says Mr. Wayne. And Catwoman's like, oh, my God, what? You're Bruce Wayne? And then at the end of the movie, she's like, she's like, I think you should call your friend. And I'm like, why are you guys speaking in code? You clearly know he's Batman. Like, why are you guys because playing? That's what people do. All right. And no. then you get that one scene. No, no. And then you get the one scene where Batman tells Jim Gordon a hero can be anyone, even a person putting a, a, a coat over a young child when he saw his whole world that ended. It was like, oh, my God, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> I, I don't even care what you have to say, Shimon. I love that movie. All right? That's, Anne Hathaway that's, was an amazing Catwoman. That scene was hilarious because it took Gordon, like, 30 minutes to realize what he was talking about. He's like, hand over a kid. Well, what? yeah. He's a, he's a freaking, huh? like, commissioner. He's had years and years and years. Sorry, he can't remember every child. It's no, Gotham. I'm sure there was plenty of children witnessing their parents dying in but Gotham. That's like, saying, but that's why I'm saying it was hilarious because he's like, I put my hand on someone's shoulder yesterday. Like, <laughs> what is he talking about? Like, what, what is going on here? Um, also, I'll never forget the, 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 the biggest blunder. When he's fighting the security guards and he punches one guy and the guy behind him just goes flying. I'm like, all right, w- wait a minute. Hold on. Like, <laughs> this is weird. Like, this is really weird. And then, like, the biggest the biggest problem I have with that movie where she's like, oh, Donald Blake? Well, you should go by your real name, Dick. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. All oh, right. I love that. <laughs> I'm I like, love Robin. gave no effort. In letting us know that 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 guy was supposed to be Dick Grayson, no effort. There's the nothing point. about that, that guy that's Dick Grayson. Because prior to that, prior to that, Christopher Nolan has said that he would never feature Robin in his movies because he found the idea of a grown man hanging around a young boy in freaking tight to be disturbing. So it's like he threw it on the end just to like be like little fan service. Here you go, everyone. And I'm like, you know what? I appreciate that. That's the 
fan I appreciate service. that. I like that. Yeah, I like he, that. <laughs> he technically kept his word. He didn't do Robin. He just retired Batman to make a new Batman. Like, oh, if I could just fist fight Christopher <laughs> Nolan. <laughs> Anyway, oh Dom, this is an amazing pick, throwing it on the, this list. <laughs> no, you're yeah, absolutely right. My honorable mentions I'm throwing in are uh, Keaton's Batman, uh, the two Keaton Batman films. I mean, it's not really any... I mean, I guess Kane would be mad if we didn't throw in Man of Steel, so I guess, like, Man of Steel is one of them. So mad. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I guess you throw it in there. Um, but, all right, no, we had a great show. I cannot wait to do this again. This was so much fun. Tia, we could argue um, the Dark Knight trilogy <laughs> all day, every day. Um, that might have to just be an episode, to, to be completely honest with you. Um, but Dom, Tia, thank you both so much. Everyone, stay tuned for an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live this weekend, and also Top 10, right, Tia? Yes, sir. What's Top 10, uh, what's top 10 got this week? It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be the top 10 movie uh, music moments from the MCU. So think of when Thor enters and Thor Ragnarok to Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song, moments like that. Ooh, okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, ooh, I got I to gotta think of a list now. Um, Dom, hopefully you can join us for Geek Vibes. Um, if not, we'll definitely catch up with you for a new episode of Geeks Against the Grain next week. But, guys, this is all we got for you on a Friday night. We will see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. The Dark Knight Rises was a good movie. It's not, Tia. I made sure we had enough time just to try to do that. It's not. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.